welcome back to week two of the Shy Sports Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Max. We're here with your same good buddies, Kyle and Tyler, our producer. Uh, we're here on Tuesday, March 9th, and we're going to give you as much information as we can about Shy Sports and what's been going on on Twitter, what's been going on in the Bears, Cubs, Bulls, Blackhawks, maybe a little bit of the Sox, I guess. Well, so we're going to... We're going to hit you with some action. Kyle, we you would want to start with the tweets? To, yeah, I was going to say we'd be remiss, though, if we didn't feel like this is bigger than the tweets. It's uh, two Chicago sports legends retiring. Yeah, why don't we Why don't we kick it off there? I mean, shit. And, yeah, so today's the seventh, the perfect segue to talk about number seven, Brent Seabrook, who uh, who retired on Friday. After 15 years with the Hawks. Chicago's favorite number seven. God, I, this is like, this one breaks my heart. Yeah. I've been going to Hawks. I've had Hawks season tickets since the 08-09 season. So, I mean, I've seen, I've probably gone to like 20 games a year. Shout out Ant Mayor. Um, but it's like, I've seen this guy play for so long at such a high level. And I know the past couple of years have been just uh, poo. Tough on him, yep. Definitely <laughs> shout out Ann Mayer, by the way. I've I benefited from that connection too. For lack of a better word, who? It just oh god, it dude, it breaks my heart. It breaks it really does. And so I've actually met him once at uh at a Bears game. Yeah. Well, nicest guy. Just oh, awesome. he seems like a great guy. Did you see his note to the to the city? Yeah, God. It it's a tough makes, it's a tough it's sad. a really tough one to swallow because it it just seems like he wasn't ready to be done. He kind of just got told that he was done by his body. Yeah. I mean, I've. He's 35. You know what? It's what it sucks is like, so a guy like Sharp, he was able to, we knew he was going to retire in 20, after the 28 or 2017, 2018 season. And he was able to play like what he knew was his final game in front of a crowd. Yeah. But like Seabrook, he got injured. Well, and Andy got cheated out of playing in front of a crowd. Exactly. Like there's, it's like he never had the proper send off. That's so true. Gets injured. Probably, sound, probably sounds corny and like stupid, but goddamn no, guy true. won. He played like eleven hundred games. Like, yep. The guy gave him, the guy the guy gave his body to the city for in exchange for three cups. And, it, and, he'll, and according he'll to him, like, according to him, and he quotes, "I wouldn't change it, change anything for anything. I gave it all I had." Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he he literally did everything. And like he'll come back, he'll have his jersey retirement. They'll have you know maybe a Brent Seabrook bobblehead night for next year or whatever. But make God, sure you get like, Ann Mayor that bobblehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean he, the guy had on his career, he had 103 goals, 361 assists in 1,114 games, third most in Blackhawks history. So the guy just showed up to the rink every day and obviously he's a defenseman. So he, he took care of business on the ice. He was not afraid to get, get in the dirty areas. He did his, he came there, he came there. He was a guy that kind of came with his, with his lunch pail and his hard hat to work every day. Do you remember game seven, 2013 against Detroit? Of course I do. I was actually reminded of it pretty recently by shy sports daily yeah you were 
phenomenal tweet. It really is a phenomenal. Probably, tweet. probably one of my favorite Blackhawks memories of all time. I think that's the biggest goal in that core's history. Yeah, absolutely. Bigger, I know it sounds dumb to say bigger than Kane's OT winner or bigger than I'm trying to think another. I don't even know, but but to I get think, a big win like that in the semis or against his, or even his uh, even his twenty it was yeah it was even uh, that same year the Stanley Cup he had the overtime winner against Boston like yeah that has that same kind of look and feel to the Cubs beating the Cardinals in the 2015 NLDS and moving on to the NLCS obviously they didn't win the World Series that year but for Cubs fans that was just such a liberating feeling to beat the Cardinals oh yeah. You know, and it's the same thing. Yeah. It's just that same kind of situation. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Brent Seabrook. I mean, it was just for our, for our entire lives as Hawks fans, the guy started playing for the Hawks before they were even televised. I think for a long time, Seabrook was skating around on the ice when the Hawks didn't even have a TV deal. Mm -hmm. And it was just him and Duncan Keith as the two defensemen that were just locks starting defensemen for as long as I can remember. So they've, I saw a stat. They played 1,069 games together. It's the most by a defensive. First of all, NHL nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Most games yeah. played together by defensive or by a defenseman, by defenseman duos. And everything that I know about the Hawks, there's a core four guys, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Brent Seabrook and Duncan Keith. Hey, speaking of Duncan Keith, you ever seen uh, you ever seen Gal's Hawks jersey? Yeah, it's got Where Keith, Keith put upside down here? and backwards. So, um, so I'll send you the picture. Let's put it in here. It's he's got a he's got the upside down nameplate. He got it from fucking China. Yep. Yeah. Ali Express or something like that. Yeah. 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 Shout speak, out. Sp- speaking of Keith, this this is a nice heartwarming quote from Seabrook. Seabs was talking about Keith in an interview after he retired. And um, this is what Seabrook had to say. He said, I think I told Dunks Sunday night after the Red Wings game. And he's been attached to me like he's wearing a leash ever since then. So it's been pretty great to have him. Just like exactly what you would hope that that friendship was like off the ice. God, I know, right? Isn't that you know? weird? I'm, like you, you only see them as, as hockey players. You don't right. see them off the ice. But it's like but you hear something like that and it's just it's almost like a TV show where you're just hoping like they end up together. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It just means that much more like you to want these them guys. They're, they're best friends on the ice. You want them to be best friends off the ice. Exactly. Like wouldn't but, you like this year, wouldn't you want Kane and DeBrinket to be like chopping it up and getting ice? getting beers afterwards? With Choppy. Yep. So yeah, that, I mean and that's just getting so, horny again. Something something like that. When when a, a legend like that retires midseason, that's got to fire up the boys in the locker room a little bit. That's got to give them a little extra motivation. It, fuck, I think it I mean, did this weekend. I would not I mean, want to run into the Blackhawks right now. Oh, that was a tough loss today. They're up three nothing, and then gave up six unanswered. Oh man, who is in the net? No, but the game, Lankinen. So they lost both games. Lankinen starting one the the one Subban started. So on yeah. Thursdays. So you're, you've been yeah, high on Lincoln you've been high on Lincoln since we, we started doing this podcast. I like him. I think he's very mobile. I think, I mean, I think he's good in the crease. I think he shots well, to be honest. So he's, I think Subban, he's going to be close for rookie of the year. Subban had 
he did he like you said he got that win against the Lightning. He had the save in OT. He had a couple really good saves in OT, and then end the shootout. I think he wound up having thirty nine saves that game, something like that. Uh, my question the Hawks, for the Hawks just confused me. That's like my, my question never, for you is: at this point, who would you rather have in the net, him or Lincoln? Uh, gun to my head to start a game. I'm gonna go Lankinen. Okay. Because I think so hopefully there's never a gun to your head ones. about who's starting a game. If I keep losing bets here, there might be. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I looked up. I yeah. Yeah. Yesterday afternoon, I went in and looked at their stats. Lankinen is nine and three in sixteen games with four OT losses. Subban is four and two with one OT loss in seven games. Lankinen averaging 2.57 goals against Subban averaging 2.63. So they're actually, their stats are actually pretty similar. A little too similar. Yeah. Right. I thought that would have been, I thought that would have been honest to God. I didn't think they'd be that close. Right. So what point like in, and I don't know when this happens, but when do you kind of change the guard and give Subban his, his fair shake at, I mean, so it's not, it's Let not this like be in his, his net. So he'll probably play every third game, no matter what around there, every fourth game usually, but it's like, if he, fuck, if he gets a shutout, it's like, okay, well, you know, we'll ride, we'll ride you. Ride the hot streak, ride and the hot he hand. gives up one or yeah. two and he's really just playing well. It's like, fuck, we're just, we're going to keep riding him. You know, right. you play, yeah, you play the hot hand. So it, honestly, it could happen with, at any time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like, Kevin Lankinen is a Carey Price or a Mark Andre Fleury or Roberto Luongo or a Corey Crawford. Even he's not even a Corey Crawford, (laughs) but yeah, last time I checked the Hawks are six points out of the blue jackets. Uh, They're fourth in the central only three points behind the lightning. Obviously that was before today, but the disparity, right. The difference between first and fourth was definitely much more slim than what it is between fourth and fifth. It's like the weirdest part about the Hawks. Nobody expected them to be good this season. Right. It was like, they're going to, they're, they're going to be in the draft lottery, bottom three in the league. Yeah. Here they are in the toughest division in the fucking playoffs in the top half. It's like, yep. what the fuck? 31 points. Yep. With, without Taze, without Doc, without Strom for a lot of the Seabrook year. retiring now. Seabrook's gone. Crawford's gone with two rookie goal, three rookie goalies. Debrinket has really stepped up. He's got 14 goals in 21 games this season. Dequette. 18 oh, goals in 70 games last season. Yeah, no, he's he's played well. He really has. He's been, what do you think that is? Is that because dynamite? Is that kind of what we were talking about with you know similar situation to Io being hurt with the, with the Illini? Um, you know, it's that's a good one. I don't know. I know. I mean, last year was the first year of his new deal. His, his three years, 18 million, so six per year, which in hockey is pretty high. I don't know if there was pressure from that because, I mean, the years before, I, he was in the 30s and 40s. Yeah. But then, like, yeah, yeah, last year he kind of just fell off, wasn't, I don't, yeah, like, I don't know if it was the pressure or what, but yeah, this year he's been fucking nails. He's honestly been phenomenal. Yeah, he really has. He's really stepped up. He's kind of a yeah, guy that they're, that they're leaning on at this point. Yeah, him and Kane. And Kane is just obviously, he's not even human. He's Kaner. 
He's a cyborg. <laughs> like I said, you're the Bulls guy. I'm the Hawks guy. Do you want to start it off with Noah? Joe Keen fucking Noah. Yeah, sure. So big Joe Noah announced his retirement. I think on 3-2 he announced it. And he's retiring as a Chicago Bull right where he belongs. He definitely had his best years of his NBA career in Chicago. I think uh, he was he was, uh, he was was up there in MVP voting in the 2013 season. He was averaging close to 13 points, 11 boards, and five assists. Something that we hadn't really seen in the league come from a center. Two Nowadays, national championships at Florida, too. Right. And notorious LeBron James hater and villain, which is also a big plus in his corner. Did he say that before, that he doesn't like LeBron? It just seemed like the, the rivalry was at its peak when Joe no, was on the Bulls. It. When they were, when they, that. when it was the Thibodeau Bulls. Was that when Did, he said nobody goes to Cleveland for vacation? Yeah, he, it was a press conference and something along those lines. It was a press conference and they, <laughs> he said something like, what's so great about Cleveland? Nobody goes to Cleveland. No, wants, no one says, I want to take a vacation to Cleveland. I've been to Cleveland once for a work trip in and out the same day. Absolute shithole. Yeah. I stopped there on the way back. Cavs from, didn't even cover. We went to Cooperstown for my younger brother's baseball tournament, and we stopped in Cleveland on the way back just to check off another baseball field off the list. We went to Progressive Field for a game. Field was itself was nice, but the city was pretty lame. Was that before or after 2016? I don't even now? know, which kind of tells me that it was before. Mitchell. <laughs> so, yeah, Joe Kim Noah retiring a Chicago Bull, which is nice. What's your, That's, what, what's your favorite Noah memory? The thing that I probably like most about him was when he would uh, backpedal down the court and give you the two guns, the pistols. Knock down, knock down maybe like a 12, a 12 foot jumper somehow with that two handed horizontally with that two handed uh, chest shot side spinning into the net. Oh, that's a good question. Do you think Joe Kim had the ugliest shot form shooting? I think the real NBA question history? is, and I don't even know if he knows, was he a righty or a lefty? Oh, shit. Ambidextric as fuck. If we, ever, if we get him on the show, he's, we're going to have to ask. Hey, you actually just I crossed. I thought he was, he's a righty, but I had, I had to think for a second there. Yeah. Like, what is his dominant hand? His sternum? He was just throwing chest passes at the rim. But yeah, he's pretty much a Bulls legend of the 2010s. You go back to that season where they had 50 wins, the D-Rose MVP season when he was lighting was, the NBA on fire. Was that the year they – I thought they went like 60 and 12. Was that the year? Yeah, I think that was the same year. The ACL year? Mm. We don't talk about that. No, things we don't talk about on this podcast. The ACLs. ACL. We'll find something else. For, very soon, for many probably. reasons. Yeah, too soon. But, yeah, Joe was like – Joe was like Derek, Derek's trusty sidekick. Obviously, they that team went like five deep on the bench. They were really good. The bench. They were not your. They were not your traditional NBA team. They were. They they played three, four, five guys deep on the bench, and everyone on the team could play. It was sweet. Well, let's let's switch into those uh to those 2010 era Bulls. So when our first tweets this week, March second, 2013. Uh, posted this more just out of a tribute to Noah, but it happened to be on that same day, 2110. So in 2012-2013, he had 33 double-doubles. How many do you think he had in 2013-2014 that season? 
Man. I thought this was like an hour. I thought 30, having 33 double doubles in a season was just absolutely outrageous. Yeah. I'll That's s- what he had the following year. I'll say 35. He had 47 double doubles. Man. They play 82 games. Ty knows. I'm no, I'm no math guy, but that's over 50%. That's, that's, that's good math. Good. I'm starting to think you are a math guy. How crazy is that? He had 47 double-doubles. This, right. is, this is Derek Rose we're talking about, right? Joe Kim Noah. Joe Kim Noah, okay. Impressive. That, yeah, that, that is impressive. I mean, I'm sure they were pretty much all points and rebounds. You might have had a couple ton assist games, but when you could lock that into your lineup every night, that's a good feeling. Do you think they'll retire number 13? I don't know. Isn't that unlucky? I mean, he's wearing it now. When If, if it was going to be unlucky, wouldn't they tell them straight up the gate, don't wear number 13? <laughs> Come on now. No, I don't name think one, his number, I don't think his number will get retired. Noah. Name one good player who's number 13, that wore number 13 ever. Alex Rodriguez. Dan Marino. The list, the Star- list could go on here. Starlin Castro. Oh, shit. That's a good one. Wait, hold on. I said A-Rod and Dan Marino. But when I say Starlin Castro, you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that might be the best one I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> one legend and two pigeons. <laughs> and the legend's still playing. <laughs> wow, that was we, – we just went from Joe Miller to Starlin Castro. Perfect. What a, what a connection that is. Holy shit! Yeah. Now I feel like now I really feel like it's 2010. All right, let's go to the uh, the second Bulls post here. Still in the 2010s. This one was today, March 7th, 2012. Derrick Rose in Milwaukee at the fucking buzzer. This is an unbelievable step back. That was so how, sweet. How good he was in 2016, the Windy City Assassin. Jesus Christ. That was sweet as pie. Does that not just make you depressed that he, like, I mean, his, his career essentially was taken short from him? Yeah, it really does suck because there I mean, was. He's still playing, but. Right. It's just not the same guy. Not at all. He was, in that MVP season, he, it was a no, no doubter that he was the best point guard in the NBA. I don't know if I said this when we recorded last week, but I feel like every time I watch him go to the hole, I'm just staring at his knees. Right. Like even even on this clip that we posted today, when he's dribbling and you know, he takes a step back, it's like holy fuck, his They're knees like are rubber bands. So he's bouncing all over limber. the place. Right. Yeah. No wonder he tore it. Like it's like No, he oh, he was an absolute God, freak man. though. The be- the my favorite part about him was his dunks too. The dude was like six one and he would just explode to the lane and he didn't really care who was in his way. I mean, I, I can't get over the knees, but yeah. His dunks, what was it, the one over Dragic? Yeah. In 2010-ish, maybe 2011. In, right. Uh, Phoenix. Yep. Jumped over him. It was an oop, right? Yeah. No, no, no. That was, uh, you're thinking, the one in Detroit, or against Detroit from Ronnie Brewer. Yeah. Yep. That was the alley-oop. But it was like, I think that might have been in the same month. Yeah, he was like, I mean, just being a Chicago kid, too. Felt like that was his dream was just to play for the Bulls and take them to a title, and he almost got them there. It was a tough, it was a tough end of the D Rose era. But you think I our think, boy Io's coming to the Bulls? I would love that. You Give know, he's he's the. Uh, I just saw a stat today that he's the only player in 
college basketball in the last 11 years to average over 20 points and six assists in a game or in on a season per game on a season. What's he projected to be in the lottery? Is he a lottery pick or is he, I mean, he's definitely a first rounder, right? Seems like he'll definitely be a first round pick. I would say he'll probably be like a mid first rounder. Which is right where the bulls would be taking. <laughs> yeah. And he, that, that dude absolutely grinds. He's definitely, I mean, did, impro- he's, he's such an improved player since he first came to Illinois. Did you see that mask he wore yesterday? Mm-hmm. Batman. Batman, is, 50 shades of gray, the whole thing. Can we get in the merch biz? Can we just sell like that mask on a, like a Navy blue t-shirt? He made it look so much better than LeBron did. And an orange circle. Like, fuck, are you kidding me? He's another people, Chicago kid. He went to Morgan Park high school. Hey, are we in the merch business now? Not yet, but we're 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 about to take off. Well, fuck, we better put a copyright on those that shirt idea. That was brilliant. <laughs> I think we might have to cut that win, in I the think. meantime because uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, we got to copyright not. that before we release it. I think we just hit the jackpot there. Are you kidding me? That'd be a sweet shirt. So um, are you cutting that? No, no, no. I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we're not cutting this either. Let's just yeah, keep it rolling. Just keep it rolling. But yeah. Io, or uh, Io and the Illini, dominant. That yeah, was a, that was. I don't know if you want to, if you want to, if you want to cut over to to that a little bit, but we could talk shop on the Illini for a little bit. I mean, that would be all you. I just saw the highlights from last night's game. Yeah. So uh, another big. While we're recording this, um, a little bit earlier today, Michigan lost to Michigan State, which is big for the Illini once again. Not here, necessary, me, I'm no. going to cut you off here for a sec. So, speaking of Michigan State, you got you ever follow this guy Mike North on uh, on Twitter? I know who Mike North is, but I don't follow him. That's a porn so star his, name. <laughs> so is Allie <laughs> Rose. <laughs> <laughs> so Mike North gives his gambling picks every day, and he picked Michigan State today. I'm like, no fucking way! Like Michigan coming off their loss to Illinois. I think they were only. They're minus seven and a half or minus eight on the road. And Michigan State's been kind of shitty. Yeah. He's like, Michigan State plus eight and a half and sprinkle the money line. I'm like, this guy's nuts. That's fine. Yeah. Did I do either of them? No, but he's been money all year. As I lost all my bets. No. Yeah. So, I mean, well, they, you know, they, they, this is their second time playing them. So they, uh, they came off that loss to Illinois, and then they played Michigan State on Thursday, and they beat the shit out of them. They won by 19. And then today, you know, they, their schedule has been all screwed up because they had that Michigan had that COVID shutdown. So they played Michigan State again today. So this is the second time within the past three days, and they lost by six. So it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything for Illinois in the Big Ten standings. Michigan already locked that up, but. It seems more and more likely that the Illini are going to wind up with a one seed in the NCAA tourney. As long as yeah. they don't absolutely shit the bed in the Big Ten tourney, it looks like they're going to be a lock for a one seed. Are they going to be the one seed in the Big Ten tournament? They'll be the two seed in the Big Ten tournament. Michigan's number one? Michigan's number one, yeah. Yeah. So we got that coming up all week. I am so ready for March. March basketball. <laughs> Is there a better... Is there a better sports weekend than the first weekend of March Madness? I don't think so. I think I think the month of March itself is as good as it gets. Like 
so that Thursday, that first Thursday, the first Thursday games where it starts at like 11 a.m. Yeah, I honestly got to think that is that's a top three sports day of the year. It's definitely the least productive work day in America. Took the words right out of my mouth. Corporate how wise, have you, how often have you been at work and you're just like, fuck this, and you're streaming CBS or TNT or USA TV or whatever the fuck the games are on, right. and you're watching? Well, yeah, one like, of my one of my first corporate jobs. Whoever. I was I was new. I had just I had just accepted a role in February. So I was like the new guy on the block. And it's the middle of March and I'm working with a bunch of guys that are my age that have been there for a year. And we everyone has like three screens cuz that's how it works in the fucking cube life. Guy? Yeah. So all the guys that have been there are just sitting there with CBS pulled up on one of their screens and they're just watching either GameCast or watching a live game happen while I'm sitting there at my desk trying to organize my pens and staplers. <laughs> and that's and that's corporate life. That's talking corporate life. Right. Hey, how amazing is it, though, that this year everyone's working from home so much basketball to be watched in March. Are you kidding me? This is true. So much gambling to be done. There's all, it's not not to say that it's not going to feel phenomenal just watching all those games, but there's still something when you're just it's like you're at work and you're sneaking sneaking that game in. It's like getting into a bar when you're under 21. It's only better because it's like a little a little risque. <laughs> you feel a little dirty. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so yeah, but the Illini with that win uh, over Michigan that improved them to 20 and six on the season, 16 and four in the Big Ten. And they're currently ranked number four, but I bet you they're going to get bumped up now that Michigan lost again. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be a top three team. Yeah, I mean, probably two somewhere pre- somewhere after Gonzaga and potentially right before Baylor. So the the really impressive thing about them was how much these you know these role players and freshmen stepped up while Iowa was out. Curbelo's averaging fourteen seven and eight fourteen points, eight rebounds, and three assists. Adam Miller averaging 10 points, four rebounds. Trent Frazier, 11 points, about, two assists. How about my boy Kofi? Big Kofi in the middle. He's averaging 18 and seven without Io in the lineup. Is that good? Is it's not bad. Seven good? It's not bad. Christ. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, they, uh, they took it to Michigan, which was a shock. I think they were eight and a half point dogs in that game. Uh, they, Beat Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. You know they're they're proving that they can they can win games without their best player, which is really saying something about the depth on this team. I think it actually might have helped them that he sat out for a couple games because it expanded these guys, and gave them you a see, different. I feel like you see that when or like in hockey or football, if you're like you're missing your like if a defense is missing their star middle linebacker, like they somehow play a little better that next game. Like they're all just that much more focused. It's, that's kind of how it seemed that it was for Illinois this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, people are asking stupid questions too. Is Illinois better without Io? Like I just did. Yeah. <laughs> and you, that's what I meant well, by pe- people. Well, people are asking stupid questions. Like the one you just fucking asked. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to name names. I just wanted to look you in the face and look tell you in the face and just say shut up. <laughs> shut up. So yeah, things are looking promising for the Illini. Looks like they're going to be a one seed uh, 
first time uh, since the the famous 0405 season. God damn, I cannot wait for that first Thursday. Yeah. It's a day after St. Paddy's Day. It's going to be Do you go out on St. Paddy's Day? Not on Wednesday. St. Paddy's Day. This is this year is a weird one because St. Patrick's Day is on a Wednesday. So you don't know if yeah. you need to celebrate it the weekend before, the weekend after, or just drink green beer for seven days straight. That's the don't you think that's almost the best is when it's on a Wednesday? Yeah. So you, because people, then you're, you double celebrate dip. before you could celebrate on Wednesday and then celebrate the weekend after. Right. You get three St. Paddy's days and you get two days off in between. You get seven days in a row of drinking a beer at 7 a.m. and no one's allowed to t- say anything to you about it. Yeah. 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 Do you like corned beef? I don't think so. <laughs> Not the kind that you're talking about. <laughs> Do you like corned beef sandwiches? <laughs> I love a good corned beef <laughs> for what it's worth. Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> for what it's worth. Hey guys, for what it's worth, uh, I love corned beef. <laughs> I just want you yeah, like I eyeball on a nice, nice corned beef sandwich on a some Reuben, on a bun on, on a, a pretzel a bun Reuben on a on rye. Snug in between a couple buns. You're not giving you're not giving me any reaction on the. The corned beef, or do you know it's like a St. Patty's Day? Drink? No, I do. Yeah, corned beef and cabbage. Yeah. Okay. Or are I you actually, stupid, I dude? actually don't like corned beef. I don't think that's an unpopular opinion either. I think a lot of people don't like corned beef. Love it or hate it, kind of thing. It's a weird taste. I should we roll with a couple more tweets? My personal favorite tweet of the week was on three one. It was a nice, nice little clever, subtle you could, reminder. You could say, you could say the date. You could say like March first. Three. Well, I kind of had to say three one because it goes with what was tweeted. Never forget oh, the Indians blew fuck. a three one lead. Me. Minus one. That's on me. Sorry. That's all right. No one's keeping score. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it, it 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 was a perfect way to get out of the winter depression of January and February. Kick off March one. Open my eyes. Pop. Pop out Twitter. Take a look at Chai Sports Daily. What do I see? Chris Bryant's blue eyes making a play at third base. I see the Cubs winning the 2016 World Series, and all is all is right in the world. But that kind of that brought me back to uh, a tweet that we had last week on 227. Um, not that it has anything to do with the date here, but I think you asked the question: Which Cubs player would you want to start a franchise with, Cubs or Sox player? It was KB. Chris Bryant, Eloy, Javi, Baez, and Tim Anderson. And I thought that was an interesting question. Uh-oh, Bubs is horny. <laughs> uh, Bubs so- is Bubs is uh is Kyle's dog for those who, who can't who aren't watching on YouTube. If you're just listening on Spotify. Uh, Bubs. Which one would you Bubs. pick to start your franchise with? I'm gonna assume you're gonna say a Cubs player, both of you. I'll let I'll let Kyle go first. All right, if I'm starting just overall, or is it like for each team? No, you, you just get one player and you're starting your own team. But it's from both. I get to choose from both the Chicago teams. Um, I would probably pick. Oh, fuck, that's a good question. It really is. Let's narrow Honestly, it down to those four players. Let's start with, let's go to the. the no, I'll, wait, who? it was Eloy, Javi. It was Eloy, KB, Javi, and Tim Anderson. Of the oh, fuck, I was gonna say overall, I'd say Lucas Giolito, youngest best pitcher. I want pitching. 
Okay. Pitching wins championships. I think I think the Nationals proved that. It's a pitching dominated league. I the Astros have proved that before. Would you not take Lucas Giolito? Wasn't he he was a Cy Young candidate last year? I think I think last year in the shortened season, didn't he have a his ERA was was pretty high. I think in I think in nineteen he uh he had a nasty season with like an ERA in the twos. Hold on. I'm looking at But if I, I uh right. If I were to start with one of these four guys, I did a, I did a, a little player comparison between TA and Baez, and their games are actually pretty similar. Um, Javi's and, the better defender. Tim's the better hitter. Yeah, but I don't know if he's that. I mean, he's definitely he hits for average, and that's he's definitely a much better average hitter than Baez. He gets on base at a better clip, but that's because his batting average is higher. The difference between his batting average and OBP really isn't that significant. It's like 20 points. So neither of them take a ton of walks. They're up there and they're just raw, raw hitters. Raw dogging it always. Yep. That's right. So I think Javi is a little more pop, um, but he's definitely a better defender and you gotta, you, the, the, the tagging thing is such a huge advantage that people don't, yeah, when don't you realize how important in baseball, that is. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> the tagging thing. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. You know what I'm talking about. Don't make. You know what? You should actually tweet a highlight reel of Javi Baez's tags. It's probably a thousand likes right there. And just call it the tagging thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if I'm, I'm starting, if I'm starting a franchise today, I'm taking Tim Anderson to start it with. I'm biased. I know Sox guy here. Hello, but. At the Hello. same, but at the same time, he is the swaggiest. I think even swaggier than Javi. So, I want Timmy. And They're swaggy in different ways. Now, oh, hold on! Did you did you see that MLB uh, surveyed the players and asked them who has the most swag on the field? The number one was Javi. Yeah, <laughs> was Anderson I mean, on the list? I think TA was like. No, it was, it was Fernando Tatis and Jack Flaherty. Okay, yeah, I did see that actually. TA is the kind of guy that you would that you love to have on your team, but you hate him if he's on the other team. Tim Anderson. Yep. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Like, what was it a bat flip? You can't tell me if you're on the other team and he just bat flips on your grave. You're not gonna be like, God, fucking damn it! And right. Pissed at him. He whips the bat at your dugout. But if you're on his, starts team, barking like, at your coach. That's what I want guys like Tim Anderson who are going to be barking at the other coach. Right. Literally wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he hits on average like 20 home runs in a full season. So, I mean, he's got some pop too. The best you got, you'll get from Baez. He hit 34 in one season. Isn't it kind of crazy? Javi's only won one gold glove. Yeah. But if you think about it, he hasn't really, like, has he had the eligibility? I don't yeah. think he, he started that many games at shortstop in order to get enough gold gloves. Oh, I mean, still, I mean, from 2019 and 2018, at least those two years, I mean, he was primarily at short because yeah. Russell wasn't. So, I mean, those two years, he definitely had enough. Games. Yeah, I mean, he should be a lock. Who's the other? Who's who's the guy scooping him up? Brandon Crawford? Him, Trevor Story. Yep. Um. I guess, yeah, it probably was one of those two who won each year, but still. Yeah, I mean. I don't know how he only has one. A guy that, a guy that is 
fallen down everyone's list on of favorites is Chris Bryant. He is in the doghouse. Don't say that. With a lot of people, with a lot of fans. A lot of Cubs fans that I talk to just want him gone. I, Me, I on the never, other hand, I, will never say that. I think this is a season where he's going to rebound. There we go. Now we're talking. I do. I think I Start think that up. he's that he's a great bounce back candidate this year. He's too cool. talented. And I think he's been dealing with injuries that have been weighing him down and lowering his uh his hard contact rate. And they say I give think, me the stats, give me the stats behind your uh your thought of a comeback here. Yeah, so his hard hit rate is declining. It's definitely declining over the past few years. Um Hard hit rate in the MLB, or that stat is basically defined as a percentage of batted balls that were 95 miles an hour or harder off the bat. So it seems like he's not, he's getting weak, weaker contact than he was in, say, his rookie of the year MVP season progressively since then, which is not a good sign. It's a metric that a lot of people use to value the true skill of a hitter or what he's been doing over the past however many games. Um, but I really think in 2019, KB hit, I think he had 34 home runs. Last year was a Mickey Mouse season. Don't you think guys like him who are just bigger guys in general, they break down easier and earlier in their careers? I mean, yeah, I think, think, like the, think the biggest guy, who's like the tallest guy who's had like a Hall of Fame type hitting career, you know, like a rod six, three. Yep. Like, do you see how many six, four, six, five, six, six guys do you see in the hall of fame who are hitters? Right. There, if, like think of one, tell me. Most one of those guys are playing right basketball. Luis Gonzalez. Right seems like he was tall. How tall was he? Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. Is he even a hall of famer? No, no. When I think tall, I think Adam. <laughs> that was the first. That was, <laughs> that was the literally first the first thing that came to my mind was Luis Gonzalez. Gonzalez. <laughs> Adam Dunn was tall. Derek Lee was tall. Yeah, but again, none of them are Hall of Famers. And Frank Thomas all, was tall, and they all broke down. There Jim Tomey was tall. Jesus Christ, Frank Thomas. <laughs> I'm naming as many tall, tall Chicago's. They're basically all first basemen too. <laughs> well, that's but yeah, the rule, I, right. You stick the tall kid at first base. Right. Okay, so Chris or Frank Thomas is six five. Chris Bryant's five or six five. He's five five. No wonder. He, sh- <laughs> he shrunk a foot. Playing first base. <laughs> but besides no. that, honestly, I can't think of anyone. I mean, most people, most players break down at like if they're that big earlier in their career. The thing that I and like, I, I hate most... saying that. I hate saying that. I think he, I want him to bounce back so bad. The thing that I like most about him is his he's patient at the plate. He's always going to get you an on-base percentage that's close to about 100 points higher than his batting average. Don't you don't you think that he could be too patient though? I mean, come on, the best pitch is half the time half the time essentially is it's that first pitch. I mean, they're throwing it in the strike zone. It's not going to be a, it's obviously probably not going to be a fastball, but it's I mean, they're still trying to get ahead. Right, especially when he's He's hitting second or third or fourth in the lineup. You want him attacking the ball. Speaking of attacking, did you see, have you seen Rizzo these past few days? Stop it. I watch every single Cubs game. Hitting nukes into the tent in right center. Over the berm. <laughs> I 
I'm glad. I'm glad games have started because for a while I was just staring at my phone watching live BP at bats between like Jake Arrieta and Jack Peterson. Oh, Jock has been looking good. Young Jock. I really think he. It's gonna be a. Uh, it's gonna be a direct comparison with him and Schwarber this year. But I think it's, if you. It's actually unreal, like how, how on every broadcast they'll, they'll kind of bring it up, like Schwarber and Peterson and their kind of career numbers. It's like, Jesus, this is the exact same fucking player, right? Like, no, it, no joke. I mean, their their stats are eerily similar. So here, let me actually read this off to you, because I went I, I went and looked at this. Stack guy Max Peterson. Stack guy Max Peterson. Just a little over twenty five hundred career plate appearances. His batting average was in those plate appearances was 230, on base percentage of 336, slugging of 470, 130 home runs, 12.1% walk walk rate, 24% strikeout rate. All right, you probably didn't remember any of that, but I'm going to read you Schwarber's now, and it's going to sound really similar. 2100 plate appearances, 230 batting average, exactly the same as Peterson. 336 on base percentage, exactly the same as Peterson. 480 slugging, 10 points higher than Peterson. 121 home runs, nine less than Jock. 13% walk rate. That's nine tenths of a percentage higher than Jock. And then a 28% K rate, which is 4% higher than Jock. Jesus Christ. How, how have I not seen that before? That is unbelievable. I mean, I thought they were similar. I mean, that's probably not a going out on a limb, but. That's bananas. Yeah. How crazy. How similar it, they are. It really is. So, and I think he's a better defender in the outfield. Yeah. I mean, as God, as much as I love Schwarbs, he was, <laughs> he could have been rough. He was, he looked a little lost out there at times. He definitely got better. He really improved since they moved him out there. But yeah, Peterson definitely slides in as a direct replacement. We're just going to have to hope that he can hit lefties because his career batting average against lefties is like, Miserable. 190. 190. Which is I was kind of hoping they would sign Puig and platoon him with Peterson. Did you see they were looking at Johannes? Yeah, I did see that. How old is he, though? No one ever really knows how old those Cuban guys are. No, no idea. So I bet you he's, I bet you on Google he's like 30, what? 36, 37. He's just permanently 30. He he erases his birth year every year. He's 35 going on 43. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. Is that racist? No. I just think when Ageist. they come over here. Ageist. When they come over here to play, they're trying to make as much money as possible. The younger you are, the more money you're the, probably going to make. Who was that guy that that did or that it came out for most recently? Was it Bartolo? It might have been, yeah. Or he was actually, he said he was 41, but he was 43. And I saw something like that. I saw something. Um, I think there was a scout or a coach that said that Albert Pujols is much older than he he says he is. I wouldn't even care. You're like sick. You're still just mashing baseballs from right. your feet. Oh my God. Talk about a cub killer. He was, he was the ultimate cub killer. Oh, we're not talking Albert Pujols. Fuck yeah, let's guy. not. Let's not get into that. Let's talk about another. Uh, let's see what position was he? Fuck, he was first base. We talked about Rizzo. So, Cut. I think on this show we're we're really going to focus a lot on uh, 
on the Cubs. And we're really going to dive into to where they're headed and some of their some of the best bets in the futures for this year. But let's let's quickly hit on uh, a Russell Wilson update or a Bears quarterback update for that matter. Oh, we're going to give the people what they want and what they need real quick. I I love all these photoshops. Every single one I see. You got to be. They're getting better. They're getting so good. <laughs> if I could if I could uh just say one thing to Ryan Pace in a trade for Russell Wilson, I'll just say you got to be unlimited. When the Seahawks ask what they want, you're going to be unlimited. Have you ever seen that video or us? Yeah, <laughs> now I'm just looking up photoshops of them. <laughs> this dude is, oh god, yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I had I was having this conversation earlier today and yesterday. If you had the choice between trading for Deshaun Watson and trading for Russell Wilson, who would you rather that the Bears go after and why? Deshaun Watson, younger. By a lot, by like okay. what six or seven years? Better. Yeah, he's twenty five and Russ is thirty two. Yeah, think think of it this way: you you have seven more years of like Deshaun Watson. It said they both played at forty or whatever. Yep. You have seven more years of Deshaun Watson than Russell Wilson. I think Russ has two, Russ has two more years on his contract, seventy mil in total, so well, thirty five mil a year. I'm thinking if you trade for him, you're going to sign him. He's not going to walk after two years. He's going to play there for the rest of his career. For what it's worth, I saw that Russell Wilson spends a million dollars or more a year on keeping his body in shape. So, like, a dude like that, another Tom Brady (laughs) type dude, that dude's playing into his 40s easily. So, Ty, that is is a great point. And that's actually a a reason as to why I'm on the Russell Wilson side of this. I was going to say, saw me price on that million dollars trying to kill your body here. (laughs) Yeah, Spends at least a, a couple, a, a few grand on Bud Lights. Oh, easy. Yeah. Friend it's not a program. plug for Bud Light either. No free ads. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but what I look at is it's, it's going to be co- Watson. That's the correct answer. It's going to cost you. a hot take city, you, but that's. If you say Russell Wilson, I think you're to get Watson three first round picks compared to getting Wilson, which would be probably like, what, two first round picks? It's okay, it's I'll definitely going to cost you more draft capital. Round, you're getting giving away one more first round pick for like seven more years. Right. But think Is about it this way: who who sound? do you think who do you think has a better chance of winning you a Super Bowl? Probably Deshaun Watson. Okay. My argument there is Russell Wilson has played in 35 playoff games. So yeah, he's won he's won two conference championship games, and he has a ring. Watson so you you have to think that that kind of playoff experience is valuable, especially in the NFL. All right. So do you think if we put it to a poll, who would you rather have long term, Wilson or Well, yeah, Watson? that's a different question. If you're thinking about that a long term. Who would you question. rather who would you rather have who would you rather have with this Bears defense? Deshaun Watson. Okay. I'm not saying I'd be dis displeased or unhappy if the Bears traded for Deshaun Watson. I'd be doing jumping jacks and cartwheels. So you would rather have Russell Wilson? Are you serious? Yep. How? He he just he just said how. <laughs> Were you I not mean, paying attention? If anyone wants okay. to know how, just rewind about 45 seconds. 
Yeah, God and I'll, damn, I'll get I'll get into it again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys, the gummies are kicking in. <laughs> Christ. So yeah, I mean, you, I'll bet you. If, let's put that question up tomorrow. Who would you rather have, Watson or Wilson? Here, here's how, and and I'm going to tell you how. for this, and we'll say for this season. Russell I Wilson has never you, had a losing season in his career. I'll give you, I'll give you a, a plus fifteen on the spread, so it'll be sixty five. And if you get thirty five percent of the vote, I'll give you the win. I bet you don't even get thirty five percent. That's fine, but I'm just going to say this: Russell Wilson has never had a losing season in his career. He's never missed a game. He's started every game that he's played in. Okay. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's always just been on a better team. The Seahawks have always had a good defense, and the Texans, they suck. They just right. suck. It's but but he, in crunch time in a tight game, I want, I'd rather have I want, Deshaun Watson do crunches. I want Russell Wilson. It's just wrong. Let's put All a right. wager on this. Let's put a wager on this. What do you want? How do how do we wage on this? If uh, what are we betting on? Well, you have to five dollar uh, bet on the next over. You have five to buck bet. Five buck. Five buck Billy here. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll even give you fifteen. Fifteen percent. I bet you at least sixty-five percent or more. You I hate to throw this out there because not that it, it's really fair that it matters, but Watson did also tear his ACL. What Here we, we go again. Here hey, we go again hey, with the ACLs. Hey, let's re. Hey, can we? You want to hear about that part? Just rewind. We talked about that earlier. <laughs> we're we're no ACL podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. Five bucks. We'll play. We'll leave it up for twenty four hours. I bet Fa- you. Fantasy least, wise, I'll take I'll yeah. take Deshaun Watson every every year. I'm gonna put it up now. But that's I'm probably because his team now, is gonna I'm be down it. by twenty points in the third quarter, and he has to throw. 40 or 50 times. I'm, I'm asking this question right now. Who would you rather have at QB this season? Hey, let, let them know we're talking about it on the podcast so that they know to listen about it. Look at this guy. I, I'm just, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. I don't know, man. I mean, win now. Wilson, probably get it done for you. Thank you. For sure. And honestly, I don't know the Bears like you guys know the Bears. I don't know what the offensive line is like, but like, Sean can only handle so many more hits before he breaks. Well, that's another problem with Wilson, too. I will say that. I'll admit that. Wilson's the most hit quarterback in the NFL over the past, I think, four years. Watson's got to be right behind him. Yep, he's up there, too. And that's actually the reason that Wilson wants out of Seattle, I think, is they're not taking care of him. But he he does hang around in the pocket quite a bit. Obviously, he can move around. Just but posted it. Here we go. I'm sticking with my guns here. I'll take. I'm thinking about rings right now. I'm thinking about who do I want under center next season for the Bears with the team that they have, and I want Russell Wilson. You're thinking rings. I'm thinking wings. Well, that's right. Go. Exactly. Oh, look at that. Hundred percent of the vote already for Wilson. Nice. For Watson. Did you switch to your other account and vote for Watson? That's exactly what I did. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah that, regardless regardless of what we think we would be beyond thrilled to have either one as the Bears quarterback this season and future, many seasons to come hopefully um, but I just thought <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny to hear 
I read a quote this week, and I'm sure a lot of people have already heard it, but Russell Wilson said, or a source says that Russell Wilson likes the emerging O-line, a good, solid, offensive-minded head coach, and an intriguing market that make Chicago, that's what makes Chicago appealing hey, to Wilson. That's, hey, that, that, that's two truths and a lie. I, <laughs> I, I wrote down on the notes, I said two of these things are not like the other. <laughs> So yeah, you're coming to a great market, sure. Best fans, best fans in the country. I'll give you that. You could get a Portillo's hot dog whenever you want. Like, there's a lot of good things about Chicago. Summertime shy, dude. Deep dish pizza. Mostly. Deep dish pizza. Everyone's nice. Everyone's way nicer here. I can guarantee you than probably Seattle or New York. But Matt Nagy is not an offensive genius. But 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 Matt Nagy is not good or solid. And he's not hey, an offensive-minded head coach. Russ might, must not have watched any Bears games this year. And it's really nice of him to say that the O-line is emerging. But I think well, most no, Bears fans will agree that that's something that, that needs attention this offseason. I mean, I'll agree. Shit, in week, and whenever they played the Titans week 9 or 10, they were literally not even an NFL line. So right. the, any, the, anywhere from up was emerging. Right. So, the, yeah. <laughs> in that sense, they're emerging. You can't really descend from – the lowest of lows. The bottom no. of the ocean. Right, exactly. So let's let's just for anyone who's listening to this podcast, let's keep that on hush though. Make sure that that doesn't get, get back yeah, to don't us. Let, don't, don't let don't let Russ know that. Don't let him find he's, out until it's he's got until like it's one too and late. a half out of three, right? <laughs> no, I mean in all seriousness, if he if he becomes the franchise quarterback here, they will build around him and protect him. And I feel like uh Nagy's living on borrowed time anyways. The, uh, it all comes out in the wash. So, and by that, I mean, no matter who's on the offense, unless it's Mahomes with Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, I don't know that Nagy's going to be a successful play caller in the NFL. Uh, that kind of depresses me, but I don't think you're, I don't think you're that wrong. I think the other thing is Russ forgot to mention that, uh, maybe, maybe one other thing would, would be the, uh, the guru, talent evaluator GM that the bears have too. <laughs> do you think, he, I don't, I think he's bad at evaluating quarterbacks. I mean, he signed <laughs> Mike Lennon and drafted Mitch, but you could say, you could say pretty much everywhere else. I mean, he's, he drafted, uh, so Justin Johnson or yeah, Justin Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson. Yeah. Roquan, Eddie, Eddie Jackson, Roquan, Kyle Fuller, Adrian Amos. I mean, I know right. he left, but he's a fifth rounder. That was good. He did skip on George Kittle for Adam Shaheen. So he's he's good on the defensive side. He drafted Eddie Goldman. Yep. By the no, way, I mean, also, dra- by the way, also drafted Anthony Miller. <laughs> Compl- compliment of the day for you. I also watching, drafted Kevin White. I was watching George Kittle on a podcast and decided you and him are like the same person. <laughs> you're, you're I don't know if that's a compliment because he's, he's a pretty – Scary looking dude. I mean, I don't know. The the mannerisms. That's what it is. Mannerisms. It's a kind of mannerisms. Oh no, I'll I'll definitely take it. George Kittle's a beast. Who am I like, Psalm? Uh fucking Elmer Fudd. <laughs> <laughs> it's wabbit season. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> so actually that's a good take. He's good on the defensive side. Horrendous on the offensive side. Because think about it. He drafted Kevin White with the seventh pick in 2015. He traded up for Trubisky. 
Jerry's still out on Trubisky. I don't know that he's really, we can really say that he's a bad quarterback, but obviously not of the caliber of Watson or Mahomes. That much is clear. And he also passed on George Kittle for Adam Shaheen, who I don't think so, is going to be on the so he, dra- he obviously drafted Montgomery and Cohen, so he's good at running backs. Yep. He's good on the O-line. He has he drafted James Daniel, Cody Whitehair. Um, so that's what that maybe that's what needs to happen. When what happened though? When the Bears are to? when we're like five picks away from the Bears and they're on they're about to be on the clock and they know they need an offensive weapon, someone needs to just rip Ryan Pace out of the room. Like just lock him in a, in the janitor's closet so that he like, can't right, make the pick. All right, we're taking Watson. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens as things develop this week, but it, it really does seem like the hot stove um, is heating up it's this hot. week day by day for the Chicago Bears quarterback position. Do you know when the the deadline is for teams to make roster cuts so it doesn't count against their cap for next year? It's I one, don't. It's I, like, I hope you do. Well, no, because when does, does an NFL free agency start this year, uh, this week? Soon, I think, right? Yeah. It starts on uh, March 17th. So then here, just to... Oh, just to, All right, 10 days. Just to take us back to uh, to reality and to, to ground us a little bit, I'll hit you with some gravity here for a second. I was reading... I was just reading articles about Bears options for QB and, and what's going to happen and whatever, just trying to figure this out. And uh, <laughs> in order, the headlines on Google I see are Bears favorites to land Seahawks QB. Bears have wow. massive offer on the table for Deshaun Watson. All right. So we're next thing minutes. I see, Bears Bears QB options include Alex Smith, Sam Darnold, Marcus Mariota, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> <laughs> and after Shy Sports Weekly episode one was released, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So this poll seven minutes in, five hundred thirty-three votes. Fifty-two forty-seven. Okay. See, I told you. I figured it'd be closer than you thought. And who's in the lead? You didn't say that. Uh, Watson's in the lead. Okay. We'll see how that turns out. I would. I would expect it's Watson's going to win, but I think it's going to be less than sixty forty. Okay. Well, when we stop at the end of this uh, episode, we'll we'll see where it's at, and we'll, we'll declare the winner then. Deal deal and then what five bucks five bucks to the winner five buck billy beautiful i could use it what else is cooking here let's uh let's switch back over to baseball for a minute i uh i was reading something interesting this week something that just randomly came to me i kind of just get hit with random cubs players that played anywhere from the year of 2002 to 2015 Guy that crossed my mind a couple days ago, Rich Harden. <laughs> Richard. So he was absolutely filthy for a couple of years with the A's, and then when the Cubs picked him up in the tr- in that trade, when they got him in uh, in two thousand eight, I was pretty psyched. Do you remember his first game? I do. What was it? How many strikeouts? I think it was the second week of July. I believe he had eleven Ks. Are you looking that up right now? 
No, that's off the top of my head. I thought he had 10, but I thought he went five innings, had 10 Ks. That's that, that, So that, that, that was the thing about him. He five would, innings, 10 Ks, seven walks. Yeah. So he would, he would go five or six innings, but that's because he would have so many pitches because he struck so many guys out. And then but, he'd walk and he'd walk people too. And he, and it clearly like he, he strike him out. Clearly he walked a few guys, but yeah, he had, he had nasty stuff. The Cubs, this was the same year that the Brewers had just went and got CC Sabathia. And then, uh, big Jimmy Hendry went out and got rich Harden from the A's. So he was, his ERA was one seven, seven and 12 starts with the Cubs that year. They got him first week of July. His ERA was one seven, seven, one seven, seven with the Cubs. It's really, really just Jesus. steaming hot at Wrigley. And he had 89 strikeouts in 71 innings, which is a pretty good K-9. Once again, we're not math guys, but... Decent, decent. Yep. So, yeah, and then he pitched... Uh, I think he pitched game three of their playoff game against the Dodgers. They got yeah, swept, obviously. But... um. But yeah, I was actually in game one. I was I was at game one of that series sitting in the bleachers. Were you really? Yeah. James fucking Loney hits a grand slam and crushes my 14-year-old dreams. But yeah, the most interesting part about this trade, I thought, was the Cubs got Rich Harden and Chad Godin, who was a reliever. Chad Godin. How we doing? Who talk they gave random, up? Talk about random cub of the week. They gave up Matt Merton, the Red Rocket. They gave up Matt right. Merton, Sean right, Gallagher, Eric right, Patterson. Right. Well, at least hey, at least none of those guys had a good career, right? Right. But then, last but not least, Josh Donaldson. <laughs> you hate to see it. The future AL MVP, and at the time, he was just a throw-in on the trade. No one really knew much about him. He was just kind of. A prospect in the Cubs system that was just an add-in. Oh, that's disgusting. I I absolutely hate that. that so they throw him in the trade. He goes to the A's for Rich Harden. Turns out to be the monster that he is, the bringer of rain. But yeah, yeah that's good. A, that's a. It's not a great. Uh, that's not a great look. <laughs> no, it's not. He could still be playing cool. third for the Cubs right now. People would say that's a uh, that's a bad look there, Bob. <laughs> Do you think that's worse than the uh, the Eloy Quintana trade? Uh, hard to say. I'm gonna say yes, as of right now. Will it turn okay. out to be worse? Maybe not, because Eloy looks like he could be a superstar, and Quintana is no longer <laughs> with the Cubs. <laughs> right. Already. So yeah, keeping keeping on the subject of baseball, let's get into a segment that we're gonna we're gonna consistently have on the show week by week. This one's gonna be called Down on the Farm. We're gonna talk prospects, ideally one or two a week, one or two Cub Sox prospects a week, and give you guys a little bit of detail about what's going what's going down on the farm with each of their each of their minor league programs and who, who are some of the hot up and coming names. So this week, let's talk about a big name. One that's probably going to be in the bigs for the white Sox. 
we've been talking a lot of Cubs on the show, so let's let's give the White Sox a little love. We don't guy make by the, the Sox, trust me. <laughs> guy, guy by the name of Andrew Vaughn. Kyle, what do you know about Andrew Vaughn? Well, I'm looking at these notes here. Favorite. <laughs> With a head on, he looks like Michael Rappaport. <laughs> First and great. foremost. Not great. Not great. He does. If you Google him right now, you'll see it. He's only six feet tall. Yeah, he's six foot two fourteen. He's That's a brick shit house. Fucking nuts. But yeah, he uh he was the third pick in twenty nineteen. It looks like he's gonna wind up being the Sox DH on opening day. And the guy hits that. the guy hits taters. He's got a really natural swing and just attacks baseballs. Yeah, I saw a few highlights from him in spring training. I think he homered against maybe the Royals, but I think he absolutely just mashed one. Yeah. He, he has like, yeah, you're right. He has like a just a, you remember when you were a kid and you had that like blue aluminum bat and that it was like a big barrel and you could just fucking whip it around and right. smash balls. That's it's exactly like what he looks like at the plate. But at, yeah, in a, in a major league game. Like he's hitting wiffle balls. Yeah. Of course he, of course he came from Cal because that's where I. It feels like seventy five percent of the MLB prospects come from. Yeah, I mean, fucking breeding ground there, Florida. But he seems like he's going to be a slam dunk draft pick for the Sox. At Cal in twenty eighteen, he went to Cal University. He hit four oh two with a five thirty one on base percentage, eight nineteen slugging, and twenty three home runs and one hundred ninety nine at bats. And he's got a obviously he's got you know the high on base percentage, which is kind of what the Sox are lacking right now in their current lineup. That's been that those are banana stats. Jesus right, four hundred two. And yeah, and he played. He played. He, he's the highest he's played minors is an A ball. So it's kind of interesting that they're already trying to pull him up to the bigs. But with that kind of swing and talent, I think he's he should have no problem hitting big league pitching. Obviously, he might go through his ups and downs, but. God, dude, the Sox are so stacked. I know. He's going to be tucked in nicely in that lineup. He'll have plenty of protection. I was about to say, he's going to be right in the, like, probably sitting, like, 6-7. Yeah. Right around there, but he'll have, like, Nick Madrigal, who just will hit 330 in his sleep right yeah. behind him. I saw a T-shirt recently that had Nick Madrigal's face on on Bernie Mac's body from the Mr. 3000 <laughs> Mr. Movie. 3000, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a fucking good movie. It is. I Rest in peace, movie. Bernie. <laughs> Rest in peace, Bernie. Yeah, Madrigal yeah. seems like the kind of dude that could that could get to three thousand hits. I mean, he's he's already got four. <laughs> <laughs> That's huge. Wait, he only has four. He only had four hits last year. Was he injured? No, he he's got he's year. got more than that. I think he he came up with like the September call ups. Oh, I was like shit. Yeah. Yeah, I get, he's the yeah he's the type of bat to ball guy that does rack up that could do it. He and his small he's, frame allows him to fucking play longer. Yep, he's really uh he's like an old school player almost. He's not what he's not what the bigs what the MLB is all about these days. No, he's got thirty five hits, thirty five hits in twenty twenty. He batted three forty. Yeah, that that'll get the job done. And he's he got quick three, hands. Three forty. He's got who's got quicker hands? Madrigal. Bias. Let's talk Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's I think that'll wrap that'll wrap the show for this week. You got anything else you want to cover? No, I just want to go back to the uh to our poll from earlier. 
Let's see where it's at. Dun, dun, dun. All right, Watson is still ahead of Wilson. Uh, 925 votes total. It's 51. I'll go 52-48%. Okay. So, so I got a percent closer, didn't it? In the wrong direction for me, yeah. In the right direction. One direction, the band. Let's see where this one lands. We'll check in on it next week. Yeah, we'll mark that down. Odds we actually talk about it again are like 10 to 1, though. Remember to talk about it. Right. Remember to talk about it. Remember to watch the Hawks this week. Remember the Alamo. And remember we're having Andy Martinez on. From and remember Marquee we're having Sports. Andy Martinez. Yep. Cubs writer for Marquee Sports. Big Bears fan. Big Bears fan. He's going to give us a lot of knowledge and insight about the Cubs and what to expect in um, in 2021. But we'll get into some. Like, it's going to be smart, actually. Yep, it's going to be something <laughs> that you that that is worth your time. It won't be an hour of just <laughs> us spewing nonsense. And we're going to talk to him about gambling a little bit, probably some Cubs futures, season win totals. Just hammer the over on everything. Yeah, I think we're going to deep dive into baseball. Into no, Cubs and Sox. Analysis. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure to check out the, the podcast, the links. Um, it's available everywhere you can find a podcast, but go to the Twitter. We'll post them. Uh, try Sports Weekly on all platforms, including the YouTube page. Subscribe. Five stars. All that shit they say about podcasts. Do that. Rip on us. We'll read a review. If we go get, Hawks. If we ever get one. Go Cubs.